0: hey everyone dave and jeff it is august 3rd 2020
1: i'm looking dave because i'm distracted by shiny things i'm looking at the people behind home plate on the padre game yeah i don't recognize anybody like i like how the giants did theirs where you see a lot of former players yeah. and people associated with the club? Yeah, these are just. Do you see I mean, that these asshole little kids? right
0: there by the S where it says Westlake Tires. Yeah. Okay, right behind where Will Smith is batting right now. People keep thinking that's me. That's not fucking me,
1: you assholes. <laughs> that's uh, uh, see. Oh, that's funny. You got more hair than that dude. I do. Dude, that's you're what some come over.
0: That's what uh chill dog just wrote on twitter how do they
1: not have the chicken back
0: there he, he said well chill dog t- t- takes a shot he goes uh palais frost his frost his uh hair plugs is what he said i go that's not me chilly dog that's you idiot i was like what the hell are you talking about that's not me back there you think i would do that to padre fans to make him miserable
1: that'd be great <laughs> put you <laughs> I'm going to buy one and I'm going to put it back there and it's going to be a Richie Garcia sitting next to <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to Tino Martinez sitting I love next it. to Tino just hanging out doing their thing god damn this is so fun now I was busy all day did Rob Manfred say anything this guy I I've lost all respect if anybody had any but Remember the other day, he's like the little kid, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. it. I mean it. I'm going to take everything away while we're still playing baseball tonight, and as far as I know, uh, we'll still be playing baseball tomorrow, right?
0: It sounds like everything is going to keep moving. The deal is, how do you figure out who goes in if you don't play the same amount of games? Do you go by winning percentage?
1: That's what they said.
0: That's what they said, they're going to go by winning percentage? Boy, that kind of sucks, doesn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I'll say this. Having seen a lot of different things over the last couple of months, sports-wise, man, I think baseball's great. Hockey, who are in the middle of a round-robin tournament right now, and I swear, I don't know, what I wish they would do, and maybe they've done it, I just haven't seen it. The thing we know with March Madness is you have your bracket. So you know the 12 plays, the 5, the 1 plays, the 16, and you can follow along and see... I wish the NHL did a little better job of that, but God dang, Dave, all day long, if you're watching, if you happen to be, a lot of us are working from home, if you're a hockey fan, all you have to do is put on NBC Sports Network, because they're going back and forth from games, the Eastern Conference games are being played in Toronto, they've been great, and then they immediately, as soon as that game's over, they go to the Western Conference game that's going on in Edmonton. Cool. And it's fantastic, and all of these teams are in. The one thing I cannot get into at this point, point, hopefully it changes, is the NBA. Really? Yeah, the NBA in the bubble for me just feels weird. It feels like Summer League.
0: It does feel like Summer League.
1: But I hope that changes because, again, the game that I, I was watching part of Memphis tonight, yeah. and I just kind of got bored. But baseball to me has been cool. I bought that package and uh been watching games all around i feel like it's the Braves and Mets every time i tune in i feel like those two teams are playing each other but Padres Dodgers tonight listening driving down and it's been great
0: it has it's been really exciting i've watched a ton of baseball i know we have obviously a lot of baseball fans in san diego couldn't be more excited about this team and he, and you he should be i mean the yeah. The interesting thing is the strength of this team was supposed to be the bullpen, and <laughs> right. through the first ten games, it's been a disappointment. But otherwise, you have to be extremely happy where where the Padres are right now. I mean, right now the Padres through ten games, and right now they're winning tonight in the eighth inning, but six and four, which would put them at a pace of thirty six and twenty four.
1: Pretty wild. Well, not as good as Costa said. <laughs> not as good as what Costa
0: said is right, but but otherwise, you have to sit there and go not not too bad, you know, pretty exciting. New uniforms. I mean, it stinks, obviously, fans that can't experience a winning season. they have been waiting such a long time. I mean, Petco Park would be not only packed for this so game, fun. but I think, honestly, there'd be a shitload of Padre fans here because they are playing so well.
1: Yeah, which would be really fun because you'd still have all the Dodger fans in there. To me, Dave, what I look at is, yes, it's exciting. Uh, you're concerned about Kirby Yates right now. Of course.
0: I think everybody outside of Pomerantz, basically, are concerned. Yeah, about Yeah,
1: Pagan was better tonight. But when you look at Cronenworth, you go, that kid's really fun to watch. Yeah. Grisham has been great to watch. Really fun. But you go, shit, man, we're in, where's Machado? The Hosmer thing freaks you out a little bit. And uh, a buddy of ours tonight who loves the Padres sent a message and said, there's absolutely no reason. Why either Compasano hasn't been here yet? Why Owen Miller hasn't been here yet to play a second base? I mean, if you like Cronenworth can move around the infield, why wouldn't you put Cronenworth at second every exactly night right. and let Will Myers just play first every night?
0: Seems like it would make sense. Doesn't seem like the the right move. I mean, they he is a middle infielder or Naylor. I mean, at first I don't whatever. think they like Naylor at all. I don't yeah. I, it's, I, honestly because wouldn't Naylor get more playing time, more opportunities? Yeah, yeah. I just don't think they're he's, they're Naylor fans and. It's not Jace that makes the lineup. It's done by a computer. right? I mean, it's basically this is who you're going to play, and you can't argue against the computer when you start off the way you've started. The Padres haven't done that in forever. One of the things that I, I looked up with uh, with the pods to see how they're doing, because I love going on the MLB.com site to see, let's say, first baseman. How do you rank? You know, And, yeah. it, and it shows you where you rank. So some of the numbers are, are surprising on the pods. The catching won't surprise you that they're 30th, okay? <laughs> 30th. First base, they really don't register. Um, second base, 22nd out of 30 teams. Shortstop, stop, they're number 12. Okay? okay. Tatis is 12 right now. Third base, Machado, surprising, is 11. Wow. To me, that's surprising. Yeah. Now, this is where it gets good, okay? Left field, eighth. Tommy Pham's the eighth best yeah, left fielder. Player. Center field, four.
1: Yeah. Grisham's been great.
0: Grisham's four. And Will Myers right now is eight in right field. Nice. Nice. Which is surprising. Now, the the one and and look, the, the, these are not shots. Everybody's so fucking sensitive. But the one guy that I really wanted the Padres to chase during the off season was Nicholas Castellanos from from the from the Reds, who just got National League yeah, Player of the Week. Been with the Cubs a year. Yeah, week. and was red hot with the Cubs. It was like, yeah. man, he's a different player, and he sat there forever. No team in baseball went after him right away.
1: But what he ended up getting, like $17 million? He got a lot. He
0: got a lot of money. I don't think he got the same amount of money Myers got, but he got he well, got he got a lot granted, of money. But that deal was signed three yeah. years
1: ago. was signed this offseason. I mean, he,
0: he, again, he played really well. But I understand Cincinnati is a hitter's park and everything else. But the Reds, um, obviously, off to a good start as well. You, you're looking at different teams. I've always been a fan of what the Braves have done. They lose their ace. Yeah. Mike Soraka's gone for the year.
1: So what did Achilles?
0: Yeah, it was, it was crazy to watch. I know you said you were out the whole time. No, but, but I,
1: I saw him. I saw the clip when he collapsed by the mound, yeah. and they had to carry him off, and he couldn't put any weight did on Did you,
0: you could see it in a sock. So if you see the highlights oh, of it, you, you can see in his right leg in the sock, it just goes right up to his calf.
1: Oh, man. That's it's, 18 months. Yeah. At least, uh, yeah. right?
0: And you're sitting there going, well, dude, how old are you? 48? God yeah, how, how the fuck dang. does that happen to a guy that young?
1: God dang. Dude, I I for me, Dave, when you look at it, I I watch it I watch so many of these games now, thinking about my kids who are twelve. Yeah. And thinking about players they're gonna watch. And it's been really a fun thing. You know, you look at different things you can do as a parent with your kid, and I'll say this video games for the most part, I've never really been a big fan of. But I have found that by my kids having a teacher uh, four or five years, no, not that long ago, maybe three years ago, they had a teacher that taught them uh, on this platform that has digital trading cards. Okay. And it was completely free, and it was based around the NBA. And every day, the kids could get a new pack of cards. And the cards may have Kobe Bryant and George Gervin, but... Using this year, they may have Zion or Morant or anybody else. And what it did was the kids would see these cards come up, and all of a sudden they want to know about this particular player. And I'm so indebted to this teacher because it taught them a love of basketball. You talk about Soroka. My kids play MLB The Show, and the one thing that we've had a blast doing is building a Padre All-Star team. The yeah. first thing we did day one was trade fucking hedges. He's gone. <laughs> and so we we put you and Stevie Woods. Josh is now the catcher on the oh, team. Um, my sons are like the third baseman, and, and I'm in there, and it's so fun. But guys like Mike Soroka... As they're building their roster, and you're looking at a kid who ranks like an 80 or 85, yeah. and he makes under a million dollars, they're building this big-shot lineup with all these underpriced guys. Soroka's an ace on yeah. this team, like Blake Snell and a few other guys. Walker Buehler tonight. yeah. And they've had so much fun getting to know these names, seeing them all in the pinstripes for the Padres. But now, when you tune in and you go, oh, damn, that's Mike Soroka. That's our yeah. guy we've had all that's year. Cool. And you see him go down, the name registers. You know who yeah. that player is. Where, I don't know, if you weren't playing that game, you might just think it's another guy in a Braves uniform.
0: That's funny that you said that. I learned the players in baseball through baseball cards, also. But right. when I bought cards, they were 20 cents a pack.
1: Yeah, it's a different game. Now.
0: I mean, it is. It's a lot different. You could quickly go and find out who. I mean, at the time, I wasn't seeing Minnesota Twin games. Yeah. In LA, you know what I mean. When I was a little kid, but I knew who Roy Smalley was. Sure, you know what I Pinch mean. I, 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 all those I, and guys. Then you, yeah. And then you got the three guys, the future stars card. Yeah, and one of those three would make it, and he'd go, yep. "Yeah, dude, I fucking knew that. I knew yeah. that guy. I knew Rob Will Fung. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, but but yeah, nowadays, as you said, it is a different game. It, the game has moved in in the trading card industry to adults. It, it's it, it, it is it, it's, it's 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 an adult game now.
1: Well, I'll say this: um, the trading card industry has benefited from what has happened in March, unlike any other industry. And that goes across the board for what we do with hockey, baseball, NBA. I would assume NFL has been the same. But the prices that you have seen on the secondary market for baseball cards since March is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, We do a product called Goodwin Champions. It's my favorite product of the year that we put together um, because it's a mix of everything. We have athletes. We have musicians. We have actors, right? Danny Trejo's got a signed card in there. That's cool. Um, We have a Jason Dominguez card autographed that had a little swatch of a Nike patch. And Dominguez, the kid, stud center fielder for the Yankees, by the way, uh, we were very lucky to acquire him for the Padre team. I think we gave up uh, uh, Francisco Mejia to get him. Uh, sorry to see him go, but we're thrilled <laughs> about the future with Dominguez. Wearing the pinstripes. Um, that card zone, the secondary market from Goodwin Champions, which has been out less than two weeks. People are asking $45,000 wow. for a card that for a kid who's got you know, a bright future, but we haven't seen him play a major league game yet. Yeah. And a lot of the hype is because of the farm system he's in. But you're seeing that. LeBron's card going for a million. I, I was saying, you know, the, the prices on C.J. Abrams. I was talking with our pal Chris Cox. Uh, C.J. Abrams' card is $17. His wow. rookie card. Wow. $17 on the secondary market. So I don't know. $2, $3 card. Yeah. We're seeing it in with the NHL cards. Everything else, people. I and I, don't ask me to explain it. I have no idea. It's people a lot smarter than me. But people have refound their interest in trading cards, yeah. and they've done it with their kids. And they start. They've older product. I've I've talked to some of our stores. They said they've had the best month in their 25 year history. Wow. Stores have been there for 25 years. And the the amount of sales that they've had from trading cards over the last three months are the highest they've had in their history. It's pretty amazing.
0: That's pretty cool. When's I, it's the funny. last
1: time you bought a box of cards?
0: Dude, I haven't bought a box of cards since 1992. Yeah. I mean, really, that long ago. But at the time, I, I had a trading card store. Yeah. You know, I used to have a baseball card store a long time ago. And, uh, yeah, it had changed. When I was obviously involved in it, the two biggest cards were obviously in 92, where Shaquille O'Neal's rookie card. Uh-huh. And still, anything can Griffey Jr. was big, yeah, and so hard. yeah, that that was big. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was fun. At the same time, I I didn't have it figured out to where guys are now. You know what I yeah. mean? Thank God it didn't, because otherwise, that's what I've been doing. I would have been the guy hosting Saturday shows on for, at seven in the morning, like Brad Bumshaft.
1: It it's amazing how many how the card game has changed. Ours are kind of like steps that go. Um, throughout the course of the year. We start with a set called MVP, which is really family-friendly, and it works all the way up to the end of the year with the cup, where the cup is just insane. These cards are gorgeous. They have unique patches from the jerseys, the whole thing. But we said trading cards. The other thing that I've done... And I would say this for parents, man. If you want your kids to kind of have an appreciation for different guys, this guy Floro pitching right now is in our bullpen. Like <laughs> half our, we stole half the Dodgers team, Dylan Floro. And so, but my son right now, if he's watching, it's like, oh, wow, there's the guy. Yeah, know there's guy. the guy I used 50 different times on our Chase to the World Series. I'll give you a perfect example of what happened. Uh, using this and why I encourage it for any parent, and get involved with your kids. Put yourself in the game, mom or dad, whatever, because we're lucky Vascursion announces their names, the whole thing. But we're building this roster. We keep goofing around. Uh, My son Cade and myself, we screamed at Jack the other day because we have this entire roster of guys like Walker Bueller and others. Paddock is on there. The fucking guy, when we're not looking trades for Clayton Kershaw at $30 million a year, we go, what are you <laughs> doing? You screwed up the entire budget. We were so mad at him. But we went and we cherry-picked different guys. You you set the sliders so you can get a guy from any team. Yeah. We go out and get Eduardo Red- uh, Rodriguez, pitcher of the Red Sox. Now, this is a guy I, I've seen play enough times against the Angels, right? You see him, or Yankee games. Yeah. He's fun. And – uh my son Jack goes, who's this guy? I go, dude, he's pretty good. My son starts playing the game, and the next thing you know, congratulations, for the first time in Padre history, he threw a perfect game oh, that's in the hilarious. game. And we're dying. I'm telling you, he's watching. He's like, I'm so nervous. This is the dumbest game ever. I'm so nervous. I want to get the perfect game. And uh, so, yeah, but we did it with the NHL, too. And that was really fun. We bought the Kings – yeah. And then in a shock, we moved them to San Diego. <laughs> we took them right out of Los Angeles and we just moved them right into the Sports Arena. We oh redid it. What do you mean, oh boy?
0: What does the ice look
1: like? We uh we we named them the San Diego Aces. Okay. And we used the old Atlanta Flames, the A Yeah. So our colors are black and red, and that's the other crazy thing on this game. I think we've talked about it in the past. You can, you create the logo, you pick the jerseys, the whole thing, and then uh, same thing. We just started trading for guys. So we had Connor McDavid, we had Leon Draisaitl, we had Max Domi on this team, and uh, and then. But I was getting them ready. The draft's coming up, and they're excited because they get a bunch of draft picks. And I said, okay, we're going to move McDavid. What? We trade Connor McDavid to Buffalo. We get the number one pick in the draft. We take Alexei LaFignais. Now, a lot of people right now, you go, who the hell is that? He will be the number one pick in the NHL draft, and he is an extremely talented young man and an extremely cool young man. Really going to be great for the game of hockey. And then we took the guy the Kings are expected to pick up, Quentin Byfield who will go number two and should go to the Kings. But in this video game that my son's playing, he's playing for the Aces. But they have different players, Dave, like I was saying, whether it was Drysdale or McDavid, guys that, I don't know, how often they're playing, watching edmonton Oilers games. But now your kids will go like, oh, man, I know that guy. I know this guy. And uh, it's been really, really fun. Like you said, what we use trading cards for yeah. – to learn the other rosters, they're using video games and having a blast doing it. That's cool.
0: What's your kid's favorite sport?
1: Um, my son, Jack, is all in on the NBA, and Cade is, hmm, I think he's a casual fan. Like, he digs it. he yeah. watch everything. I think he likes playing more than watching, though. We're yeah, talking about had a, a lot movie. of friends like that. Yeah, we went to lunch yesterday and he said, he said God, you know what? And and I, I'm really honest with him. Um He said, Man, I miss playing hockey. And I go, I gotta tell you something, which is pretty weird. I go, At twelve years old, the window may have closed for you. Yeah. And I go Is it because,
0: is it like that in hockey? And baseball it's like that.
1: Yeah. And I said, Because the thing is I go, You guys love it, but you know what made Kobe so great or LeBron or, or Cronenworth, Hosmer, yeah. right, and it Ty France, any level of these guys, I said, man, they were out all day, and you guys, yeah, you like go out and shoot hoops for an hour, but then you like goofing around on your tablet, you're watching old Iron Sheik promos, or you're <laughs> playing uh, Creative Destruction and different, which is all cool, yeah, but I'm like, you don't just casually become a NBA guy, yeah, you become an NBA guy. I go, it just has to be in your blood. You have to love it. Where you're to the point of being obsessed with it, and I go, I'm just telling you, there's probably a kid seven or eight years old right now that is sitting there under the streetlight. His dad rolled that old NBA backboard in front of the uh, curb, yeah, and he's out there shooting nine hours a day. And I go, that's just not the life you guys live. And I go, I don't even know if that kid will make it, but he's got it yeah. different than you have it, right? It,
0: it is. It's tough, you know, in the NBA because I was running into kids all the time and saying. When kids say they want to play multiple sports, I always encourage it. I always say, go ahead. You know, of course, I'd love to have them at baseball practice. But if you want to play football or basketball, go ahead. You're only young ones. Yeah. Most coaches, I don't think, will do that. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying the chances you make in the pros aren't very good anyway. So why don't right. you go ahead and do everything you can? But I, I remember uh, I remember John Stockton that used to tell the story. On the same block where they grew up, three kids. John Stockton, who was obviously a Hall of Famer. Mark Rippon, Super Bowl winning wow. quarterback, and Ryan Sandberg
1: <laughs> all lived
0: on the same block. Wow. Three different sports, though. Insane. And you sit there and go, it's, it's insane. And yeah. so, for baseball, as much as people love the game of baseball, you know, it, it's one of those where genetics are, are everything. I mean, yeah. it, if you aren't born with a fantastic eyesight and you don't have those fast twitch muscles, man, the, the third thing which you control is work ethic. Yeah. But if you don't have those first two, no matter how much you love it, you aren't going to fucking make it. In the NBA, the average guy is is 6'8", 270 pounds. Yeah. Good fucking luck.
1: Good luck. You better be that big. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Ted said it tonight driving down. uh, That scrub that your Dodgers got from the Twins Yeah. throws 100 miles an hour, Yep. which is great. Every guy does. But the hitters are now used to every guy throwing 100 miles an hour. And if you don't have the ability to throw 100 and put movement on it, like that ball just moved out, god damn, what happened to Kirby Yates? Holy cow. Oh, shit. Yeah, we're watching Kirby Yates just implode. That's why
0: I don't understand is if every guy, and the Angels used to do this all the time, every guy the Angels had in the bullpen was a 6'5", 6'6", white guy that all threw 95-96. So when you make a sub, it was the same guy. You don't see a Randy Jones or a Greg Maddox type guy.
1: You know, and Dave, the the guys that they talk about that I remember from this bullpen, uh, Mark Davis, of course, right? Think about Trevor. Trevor's success was on the changeup. Yeah. When he blew his arm out, but everybody talked about Mark Davis's curveball, which was great. But Greg Harris, not the Greg Harris that could throw left-handed or right-handed, Greg Harris that was here that got that went to the Rockies in that deal that I think brought. Brad Osmus down. Man, Dave, I feel like he threw a 12-6 to six that absolutely just dropped off the table. Yeah. And guys couldn't hit it. Yep. It was like watching the Bugs Bunny thing. What happened to guys that had the ability to throw off-speed pitches to get guys out?
0: My feeling is scouts today are more concerned about the gun than guys that can just get outs. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't think it's going to change for a while. I mean, you look at these shifts all the time, and people will say, the bunts right there. Yeah. But they won't bunt. But, yet, right. it's okay to get a single through the shift, but it's not okay to bunt for uh, for a Yeah, why not basic. just
1: go down the third baseline no, all day it. long?
0: I don't get it. I mean, Bellinger is crazy fast. It's right there. The Padres are giving it to him. He will not lay it down. Yeah. And ah. it's uh, it's one of those things as a baseball fan because you and I kind of like the art of generating runs. Yeah. You know, But the guys who are older than us like the same thing, but the younger guys, man, they said go ahead and swing for the fences on everything.
1: Could, what if you were Tim Wakefield today? Tim Wakefield's not a Hall of Famer, but Tim Wakefield made a lot of money in this game, played in the World Series, and threw that knuckleball. Yep. I mean, right? Yeah. Would anybody, would they even have a role for him on any team?
0: I don't know if a team would be willing to take a chance on a knuckleball guy now. I mean, everything is, even for kids I coach now, scouts want to see, do you throw 93 plus to get drafted? If you don't hit that number, that magic number of 93, you aren't getting drafted.
1: What's wild is when you hear the sliders 85 or 86, right? Yeah. Didn't sliders used to be like 81 or 82?
0: Okay. It's funny you say that because I watched this thing just the other day, and they're talking about the average pitch used to be like when Oral Hershiser played. The average fastball was 88 miles an hour. Yeah. Now the average fastball is 94 miles an hour. Wow, you know, and it is—it's increasing more and more and the mound's Still, sixty feet six inches, right? And everything now is spin rate, and which I, you know, right. you need a computer to figure out spin rate. But the Astros had two guys last week. They had a guy who pitched uh, game one against the Dodgers, who was a lefty pitcher who threw uh, a curveball that had the highest spin rate, and yeah. then the next day they had a guy that had a fastball that had the highest spin rate, and they say they called it like an invisible fastball, that yeah. it was it was hard to pick up. But the the spin rate is one of those things. We go, well, how do you increase your fucking spin rate?
1: I remember sitting with Kevin Towers, and this was, you know, 99, 2000, right? And Trevor used to have a really effective curveball. Yeah. And I remember saying to Kevin, sitting in that booth with Kevin and Junior and whoever else, I said, man, why does he need throw the curveball anymore that curveball was so great he goes you know why and i go why and he goes because he doesn't have to he doesn't until somebody starts hitting the changeup, yeah. which they can't you don't have to fuck around with the third pitch and he goes, shit yeah he literally had one pitch Yeah. mario
0: one. rivera had one pitch he had a right. cutter that was it yeah. you knew it was coming
1: 500 saves <laughs> 600 for mariano yeah. but but that's the thing but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy the game yeah. when guys are throwing 97, 98. That'd be stupid. But when a guy had a, a, just one of those crazy like pitches that just looked like a cartoon, the way it circled around and moved, that was so fun, especially when they put it on like Foxtrack or whatever. And you could just see the movement of the ball. You go, dude, how does that guy do that? <laughs> And now it's just every day, high heat, me against you. Let's see what you can do.
0: Exactly right. You know it's funny as, as we're watching uh, watching the Padres and, and Dodgers tonight. Baseball is one of those where I have missed it a ton. Like I will say, say overall, football is probably my favorite sport to watch. Baseball is my favorite sport still. Yeah. It's, it's it's my favorite thing to do. The Lakers game was on early. I watched that. But I spent the majority of my night watching uh, Dodgers-Padres. It was, it was outstanding. I had a great time watching this and didn't get tired of it. But there are different things that – uh, that that you pick up during the week. I mean, he, he, number one, Aaron Judge has been insane, and yep. he he might be the the face of baseball. I well, mean, he, he might be that guy. The right that you always look for that superstar for kids to follow. It, it, Mike Trout is is in in Anaheim. People yeah. as good as Mike Trout is, people don't talk about Mike Trout like they talk about Aaron Judge.
1: He looks like he looks like a superhero. Yeah, but uh, did you see Twitter tonight? No. Uh, Aaron Judge is the player I told everybody he'd be when I saw him on the backfield sign Kevin fuck Kernan. Up. Signed Kevin Kernan. He did. We love Kevin Kernan. But Kevin Kernan, every night on Twitter will tell you how he found some guy and wrote about it. Now look, maybe he fucking did. Yeah. I don't know that he didn't. But uh but yeah. I died oh. laughing. It's never the great thing about Kernan is it's never about the player; it's always about me. Always,
0: always, it's, it's so fucking good. Here's an interesting stat. It was came by by the Ringer, okay? Okay. And they had on there it was a breakdown of the the best tra- player to ever be traded, and they said it's Mookie Betts. They said for everything he's accomplished, they said in the history of baseball, it's Mookie Betts. Number two on that list is Babe Ruth. Okay. Wild. Wow. Number three on that list is Tris Speaker. And number okay. four is Fred Lynn. All of guys that the wow. Boston Red Sox said, go fuck off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All guys the Red Sox said, get the fuck out of here. Oh, man.
0: Yates looked like Yates, by the way, to close that out after the Bellinger home run. He looked good.
1: Uh, from that standpoint, Dave, to give up the home run and to get what you're seeing from an emotion standpoint, I think that's huge for him. I agree. Right? Because in that role, you could say whatever you want. I'm used to it, the whole thing. But from a confidence standpoint, to beat that team tonight after starting the way you did, uh, huge. Yep. Now he'll go out and lose nine straight. <laughs> well, fuck him. But, uh, but good for Kirby Yates.
0: That was big. He ended up striking out three in a row, including uh, Seeger, who's been hitting the ball very, very well. So uh, that, that was a good close for him.
1: Good win for the gutty little pods. There
0: you go. Absolutely, it was a good matchup, man. This is one of those games you would have said, "Let's go see Paddock and Bueller," right?
1: Yeah. Oh, that absolutely would have been one where you go, yeah. Even on a Monday night, and if they were had first pitch like this, absolutely, because you look at that and you go, those two guys, if things play out right, should match up against each other fifty times. Yeah, and every game should be great. That that's the thing where. Yeah, this game tonight, really fun. But if you're buying the ticket, the entertainment dollar, and you have the chance to go out, yeah, you want to see Machado and you want to see Tatis and, like we said, Grisham playing great. But when you go, hey, not only are we going to cheer for our guys, but they're playing against a team that is absolutely loaded with bets and Bellinger and Bueller. You go, oh hell yeah! We want to go down and be a part of that. And then to to see the game end in the way it did, can you imagine what the energy would have been would leaving have been there tonight?
0: Would have been outstanding. Crazy. It, yeah, would would have have felt have. like a playoff game. It sure would have. Sure would have. And they face each other after tonight um, six more times in the next nine games. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean they're gonna see each other a lot, which is uh pretty exciting if you're a fan of baseball in Southern California. Um basically a couple days ago, we meant to do a show last night. We didn't do a show last night, but it was the twenty second anniversary of this show. Twenty twenty two years kinda kinda nuts that we've been uh doing this show and people were extremely nice with the notes and everything else that they they sent back to us. Is there one thing that stands out to you in twenty two years?
1: I remember day one. I really do. I remember day one um why anybody would agree to do their first show, we'd never been on the air. Yeah. I mean, doing hits, but we'd never had never done a talk show. And our bosses and we barely really knew each other. That's true. Which is hysterical looking back with as much shit as we've stirred up. But and we just hit it off. We hit it off immediately. But our first day they said, Yeah, you guys are doing a show. And you're going to do it from Chargers Fan Fest. And we did it along the first baseline on a stage facing about 1,000 people.
0: Yeah. Crazy.
1: So, never been on the air. Never have done an interview. Never had done, don't know how to throw to break, read a liner, do True. anything. And the first two guests were Ryan Leaf and Kevin Gilbright. Yep. First two guys. Actually, when I look back on that. Um, I think both of those guys were incredibly nice to us. They were. And I think they kind of, I think we had said we've never done it, and they were great. But C.J. Good wrote things yesterday, gave us our top five things that he remembered about the show. Oh, I didn't see it. And I loved a few of them. The first one that he said was that he loved was um, early on, he said, we made fun of Julie Brownman and Sean Salisbury on Extra. And <laughs> <clears throat> he said, I'd never heard another show do that. And you guys knocked down the fourth wall and went after him. And it was great. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say the thing about that show, too, Sean and I are still incredibly close, as Julie and I are. I had been offered an opportunity to go over there and produce that show, and I didn't do it. And I ended up staying at uh kfmb the julie brownman story is funny because bill Pewett extra wanted to bring julie in and i was pushing to get crystal fernandez hired in that spot yeah so brownman to this day is like you tried to get me fired and i go i did I, go, I love you to death i wanted to look at crystal every day and uh but they were they were incredibly good friends of ours at that point and so but i don't even remember that but we went
0: after everybody though
1: yeah we went after them and
0: everybody still go after coach but we went after every fucking person that's why i hated the fact after we left kfmb no other station would let us do it
1: yeah don't insult the intelligence of the audience was our attitude on this show from day one you know there's other shows there yeah we know there's other shows there, so let's fuck with them. Exactly: Especially with, with those two. I didn't I knew Fricky. John was always cool. I went to dinner with John a few times. Always nice. He continues to be a friend. But Sean and I, to this day, have a much different relationship than I had mm-hmm. with John. Sean and I have been very tight since he filled in for KFMB. We continue to be so well you
0: helped him out get started in the business.
1: Yeah, a lot. I mean he made tapes for him and everything. <laughs> and he and Sean's really loyal. And he remembers and and there were tough times, man. The ESPN shit when everything happened, you know, people are pissing on you. And I know what happened. He, but yeah. Sean knows what happened. But when you pick up the phone, you're like, hey man, just a reminder, I'm still in your corner. Ride the wave, we'll get you through it. And now he's doing great in Houston and killing it. Uh, He remembers that shit. And Brownman and I have been very tight from that time on. The other one that he mentioned, there were a couple others that he mentioned that I didn't necessarily remember. But the one that stood out, and I tried to send this out on Twitter, our pal Brian Wilson. Uh, Horton was out or somebody was out. They put Brian Wilson on the board and he had to do an update. Oh my God. And he couldn't get anything out. And he hacked it up. And then we had Mud coming on, who had been on hold. And Mud knew dub. And Mud goes, What the hell was that?
0: <laughs> Dude, he was sweating and speaking so fast like he was on Coke. He was so nervous.
1: Um but for me, yeah, there's he's
0: like my dad's
1: listening. My dad fucking loved up. But he's not on Twitter anymore. I wanted to I send couldn't that find to him. him. Yeah, I couldn't find him. I don't think he's there. Uh there are two that's there are two that stand out for me probably more than anything. Um one was with Al Horton. Yeah. And it's the night we were the night before we were giving away the VW bug. And I've told this story a thousand different times. But Dave they, they just fucking ruined us at KFMB. We had been on the air like literally 62 straight days. I think it was more
0: than that. Honestly, I think it was closer to 82.
1: Straight days. Straight days. And every night, it's a four-hour show. Yeah. Like, it's just every day you're on.
0: Well, not only that. The Saturday and Sunday shows were like 10-hour shows because...
1: We're doing pre and post. Yeah,
0: we're doing Charger and Asics pre and post. It was a long fucking day.
1: And you're just... And like we always say, you have to read these promos. It's how Ted reads... uh, you know, here comes the lumber or Ray Lucia for pitching changes, same shit. We had to read this fucking liner uh, four times an hour about this VW bug that we were giving away that they had painted in, like, psychedelic colors. Yeah. And I just remember saying to Dave and Horton, who the fuck is going to drive this thing? But... On every quarter hour, probably Stevie Verissimo probably (laughs) signed the deal. You know you did. Uh, Every quarter hour, we had to say, hey, make sure you get your entry in because coming up on August 8th, we're giving away the VW Bug. And it wasn't even a 10-second liner. It was like a 25-second fucking liner with nine different mentions, right? It's brought to you by Mike Costas, VFW, or – Uh, VW, and I wish it was the VFW, and (laughs) Corky's Pest Control, and fucking everybody else. So I'd read this thing like 10,000 fucking times, and I I don't like anything psychedelic from the 60s. It all bugs me. Laughing sucked. I hate all that shit. So I was just done.
0: I think the whole plan for it was because of the whole Austin Powers thing came out around that time. Is that
1: what it was? That's what I think it was. What a stupid idea. So I'd read this fucking promo (laughs) like 500 times. And we come in, we go, we come in at like, I feel like it was like 905. And now we got to go to 920 before our first break. So it's a long swing. It's the end of a long night. And uh, I said, hey, we're giving away the VW bug on you know April 5th. It's day after tomorrow. And I just go, you jackasses. Now, every one of these reads was being pulled and put on a tape for the the, client. the agency, the mm. client, every one of them. So I'm told repeatedly by Dave Sniff, every one of these matters, they're going to hear it. And as soon as I'm like, that's day after tomorrow, you jackasses, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And ballet, and Horton just go whoo! <laughs> and so we start laughing, and Horton starts laughing, and Dave tells Horton, play a record.
0: I couldn't breathe. We I could, could. Nothing would come out. I remember I pushed myself away from the table, Yeah, and I just had my head down, and I couldn't fucking breathe, and then you weren't talking. I couldn't. Like, and I'm like, play a record. And he's like, this is AM radio. We have no records. We have no
1: records. I can't remember too many times where we lost it completely but that was what and it took a long
0: it was a long, lot of dead air
1: and it's a 50,000 watt station that went from San Diego to San Francisco blowtorch we're getting calls yeah. from everywhere god damn I couldn't get it that, that to me is number two the one that's the greatest for me really that I look back at in 22 years is the story we've said this one a lot too driving home You and I are on the air. It's a weekend show at that point before anything else had happened. And uh, it's just, I, I hope all of us have had that chance. We go, man, life's really, really good. And I'm driving home, and it wasn't Ian. I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody, might have been Colleen Rudy, doing news on KFMB, and I'm driving home. And I hear this story about these two kids that were like, the sister was like 10, the brother was like six, they were foster kids, and the girl had been hit by a car, killed immediately, and the little brother, they, were, they weren't sure what was going to happen. I wasn't a parent, I wasn't married, wasn't doing anything. But goddamn, if this story didn't get in my head, and I just, I remember, Dave, I got home at like 11, called you, and said, uh, hey, man, bring something cool into the show tomorrow. Yeah. Bring something cool in. And I had, I mean, I remember we had a Tony Gwynn signed poster. We had an Oscar De La Hoya signed glove.
0: I think I brought in a Tony Gwynn autographed baseball.
1: The, yeah. Brian Heap was with us at the time. James Worthy signed basketball. That's right. And we went on and we told this story about this girl, uh, Alexis Afalo, I think was her name. Yeah. Ten-year-old girl, beautiful little girl. And I said, hey, I just heard this story, and the family is not going to be able to pay for a funeral. Um, So we have these three items, and we're going to do our show. But if you're interested in bidding on a Oscar De La Hoya boxing glove, just give us a call. And really, the the thing that I remember is I remember calling Billy Johnston at the Chargers and Glenn Geffner at the Padres and saying, hey, if you get a chance, tune in today um, because we're going to be doing something cool. Chargers were fantastic. Bill was ready to give us the world. Yeah. As would Geff and the Padres. But I remember Aviara gave us golf for four, and all these people just took off. And I think at the end of the day, Dave, we raised like $8,000 in three hours for this family on a little dopey weekend show. Everybody paid. Everybody that had promised, uh, very similar to our event that we did two years ago, when Corey Stewart and the Falk Foundation and so many different things came together. That was the original one. But the difference was... Where on August 1st, two years ago, we had the chance to see John Van Zanti at Rancho Coastal or the people from the Ronald McDonald House or my, my close friend Bob McElroy from the Alpha Project. That was cool. But when you go and you meet a family that's devastated by the loss of a little girl and they're trying to tell her brother, who all they had were each other, that, hey, don't sweat it. Like, San Diego came together, and here's a cashier's check for, I think it was $8,000. You got it covered. Never saw him again, never talked to him again. Like, that was really great. That was the day where you realized the power of the forum and the privilege that you had to do it. And, that, yeah, I think for me that was always as much fun— Radio Row and different shit that we did, 98, all of that. I think being able to help that family out was really, really cool.
0: It was a lot of fun. I mean, the the, the ride hasn't always been easy because you don't know when you're going to get back on and, and right. things in quickly and everything else. But the KFMB days, are so many things. I mean, you mentioned Ian Rose. I mean, in the middle of a show, Ian Rose, who is our news guy, got his car stolen. <laughs> And then,
1: he he didn't see the humor in this at all. No, you and I did. found it to be hysterical.
0: And we did, because his license plate literally said Ian Rose on it.
1: And I think he had like a VW button. And so he Volkswagen it. No, it was a Honda
0: Civic. He had a, had a hatchback Honda Civic. And I remember going, if, if you see Ian's car, it says Ian Rose on the plate. Please call the police. Yeah, he was. Call not. Us. Yeah, he was
1: he We was, didn't even want him to call the cops. He was
0: not happy about that. You told you told uh, the Colleen's name you just brought up. I love how you gave advice once to Colleen on that she needs to read her news reports with more enthusiasm.
1: She came in, she came in at KFMB. You and I are on the air, and she stood behind Al Horton, and she's just you know we have a high energy show, very family friendly, <laughs> and she's sitting in there all grim. So I said to her on the air. Hey Rudy, lose the attitude, okay? You're bringing us down. She popped on, goes, "Hi guys, just wanted to. I just came back from a triple homicide, murder, suicide." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, get the fuck out of here! Let's stand right there.
0: Oh my gosh, that! And then the time Jeff brought in the naked girls golf team,
1: topless golf, topless
0: golf, and we're talking to these girls, and Jeff tells them to lose the clothes. Yeah. And they did. And, yeah. they're, and they're sitting there naked. In KFMB. And it's... <laughs> we took pictures in the hallway with naked girls. <laughs> Should have got fired on the headland spot. But the funny thing was, it's radio. No one could see. No. But yet, you got them naked. Yeah. <laughs> Which was... We're doing an entire interview. They're wearing... It looked like the girls from Tilted Kilt. Yeah. Right? Except they're naked. Yeah, And you're sitting there, I'm like, how the fuck did Jeff pull this off? These are, these are the here. dumbest girls of all time, or Jeff's the best salesperson of all time?
1: Probably both. <laughs> uh, from a pure, just fun standpoint, just pure fun, it's the 800 show. Yeah. Because the 800 show, God, I, I don't think either one of us ever for a minute which is insane. Ever thought, you know, we may need to work in this town again. Yeah. Like, I think we just figured we were going to be at 800 for the 22 years. Mm-hmm. And we never thought, like, hey, we should, we should mind our manners. We didn't do sh- that fucking show every day. Uh, the Sandy Alderson show. Yeah. Completely offensive. Yeah. <laughs> completely <laughs> inappropriate. Uh, And the thing that I remember about that with Alderson, because people are always like, why do you hate that guy? And when he came in, we were incredibly excited to have him as part of the Padre organization, because my feeling was Lucino had left, and Kevin admittedly had always said he worked better when he had a baseball guy in that position to bounce things off and, quite honestly, rein him in a little bit. Yeah. Because Kevin was the gunslinger. And with Alderson coming in, kind of taking over for Dick Freeman, who had taken over for Larry Lucchino... Or, no, who was the guy, Dave?
0: Guy didn't wear shoes.
1: And walked around with no shirt on. Yeah. Bob? (laughs) I can't remember. You remember the guy.
0: Glenn Geffner's screaming at the radio right now.
1: Yeah. There was a guy that came in who replaced... Lucino, Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his name. You're right. It was not Dick Freeman. And this guy would walk around the office with no dress shirt on. He had like a a tank top t-shirt on and his his work pants. Yeah. Like dress slacks. The craziest thing that I remember about that guy is uh, the night of Tony Gwynn's Final night. Remember, Bob Costas is in town. They do that whole drawn-out ceremony. Yeah, that's true. Bob something. God damn it's going to make me insane. Let's we'll see if I can find it. Okay. Um, that guy, they have this really insane ceremony honoring Tony Gwynn. They bring out the rings and Costas, the whole thing. 45 minutes after that's done, I'm with Katie Mosier at OG's by Ikea, And that guy's two tables over from us by himself, eating dinner alone. Really? So weird. Yeah, he was a JMI guy. But then Alderson came in, and we were excited because we thought, this is going to be really good. Sandy had great success with the A's, and we started putting interview requests in for him. And he wasn't available, wasn't available they kept blowing us off. And then I swear to God, I heard him on fucking Kixie. I heard him on Kixie Radio. And I go, well, fuck this asshole. Yeah. And so we invented the Sandy Alderson show. And that's when we said, we went off on the fact mm-hmm. that he was, well, you didn't do anything. I just completely. I think I'd
0: ask you questions and you right, went ape apeshit.
1: About Walter Weiss. <laughs> and I said I was going to take my tie off and put it around my head, Chan Ho. Chen Ho and all this shit. Said so gone to you, Asia. You was told. <laughs> you was told him to give me five pushups. Yeah, and so we just fucking destroyed this guy every day. Just made him a joke, which he was his entire time here is a joke. Fuck that guy. Anybody? <laughs> he's the reason bochi has gone. Sandy. Alderson, yeah, that's true. Hundred percent. He's the reason why Bochy's gone. And uh, you, me, and Milton Hines. Are in an elevator at Petco Park. Yeah. And he walks in, and he just kind of smiles politely, and he looks down, and the three of us are just sitting there like the three fucking stooges, and uh, he looks down, he sees our badges, and he just shakes his yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> he was
0: more uncomfortable than we were, for sure.
1: Right. Um, oh my gosh! But I, that 800 show was insane. It was,
0: it was. It was nuts. That's when you called out the Chargers. No, you
1: know? no. Where I called out.
0: Yeah, you did. You called. That's when. That's when you called out the Chargers and said that the Chargers are going to oh, leave for right, LA.
1: Right. And go to Powder Blue and then put the Greek symbol for "fuck you" on the helmet. Yeah. So far, but, they've done two out of yeah. three. <laughs> that's that's what, that was it?
0: I remember our one year anniversary of that show. We were at Hooters in Mission Valley. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was fucking packed. I mean, we had a good audience. Right. And it was packed. There's a line out the door. And I remember telling my wife that we're having the show at Hooters. She wasn't happy about it. And I said, Hooters isn't what you think it is. She's never been. It's not what you think it is. I go, it's just going to be a a get together with some listeners. That's kind of the way I sold it. I didn't know she was showing up.
1: She,
0: She showed up. She walks through the door with Jake and Josh. And Jake was, god dang, five years old. Yeah. And... Some right at that moment, some guy said, Will you sign of my girlfriend's tits? Nice. And she pulls her top down, both bare tits are out. I remember that. And I have a Sharpie in my hand and <laughs> and Jake goes, This is the greatest place of all time. And my wife, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Not only is Hooters uh not what you said it was, it is worse than what I thought it was. You know, as like I didn't think she'd walk through the door.
1: The funny part about that too, if you remember There was something going on, and we were at a long table, and we're at this long table downtown, and I got up and moved, and you slid over to where I was because you were chatting with a listener, and like right then from the ceiling celebrating the show, they dropped all this glitter. Do you remember that? Yes. And you're like, I'm fucking dead. (laughs) You're like, how do I go home and explain to my wife I got nine pounds? Why the fuck did you move? Here's the other crazy thing. I I think we've talked on this before. That whole 800 experience was wild because the show was owned by a family in Mexico. The station was owned by a family in Mexico who really didn't speak. Nobody on the staff really spoke English. No, they didn't. Except for the sales guy Lou,
0: yep. And there was this guy, sales guy named Josh, who sent us to Vegas. Remember? To
1: what I was going to bring up. So we had this sales dude, Josh, and this guy, like he had like a bunch of Botox. Remember? Yeah. yeah. He looked like that lady that kind of is like the cat lady. Yeah. And you you look at this guy and you are like, I can't. F-, and he bright pink shirts. Yeah. And flamboyant. And outgoing and crazy, but um, but married with kids. Yeah. So da- that was crazy.
0: That threw us off.
1: So he said to us, he goes, you're going to Vegas. We've got this sponsorship deal. You're going to Vegas. And so we go, okay. We go to Vegas. The first part of this that's great is they had just built the second part of uh, – what the fuck? Mandalay Bay. Yep. The, the hotel at Mandalay Bay. The, se- the, the right, tower. The tower. So we go back there. Dave goes into his room. I go into my room. Two seconds later, Dave calls. Well, this place sucks. <laughs> and I go, why? What could- I'm supposed to sleep on a pullout couch? And I go, dude, the door to your left... Yeah, asshole, I'm not walking into somebody else's room. Good fucking try. I go, open the fucking door, asshole. Dave had no idea it's a two... It was a like, suite. It was a suite. <laughs> like the 20th floor. Dave thinks it's like he's got a pull-out couch. At the I floor.
0: did. I thought I had a TV and a couch.
1: <laughs> at the hotel. He's so mad. But then they have a car <laughs> arranged to pick us up. Yeah. And I remember either you said to me or I said to you on the elevator... This feels very weird. Like we were, whoever said it, it didn't matter. We get in this fucking car and I swear to God, I'm like, what are we doing? They take us to, I feel like it was the Gold Club. Like called the Gold Club there like Gold Club in Atlanta, right? Yes. We go there and uh, I I just started dating my wife.
0: Yeah, because she met us there in the middle of the trip.
1: I told her, I go, this fucking hotel is insane. You got to come over. Yeah. And then uh, and we'll go back. And she was studying for the bar at that time. So I'll always remember her just laid out by these huge floor-to-ceiling windows uh, studying for the bar exam overlooking all of Vegas. And uh, we go to this strip club, and they bring us into this table, and you're like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. There was a chick that is the typical Tuesday afternoon stripper, uh, working the stage, and I liked—I mean, I liked her enough. I married her. We were together fifteen years, but we just started dating, and I just remember trying to figure everything out and uh, looking at a TV. And the chick yelled at me. Remember that? Hey, the fucking shows up yes. here. Yes. And she was great, but then these guys come out. And they absolutely felt like they were from Central Casting, right? Uh, they, no, it was
0: uncomfortable as shit. I didn't think we were gonna leave it alive.
1: And they were. They wanted us. And the sales if guys. It was not all, there, It was all mafia. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent, and they were ready to do all kinds of wild shit with that show, and talking about traveling and going yep. all kinds of different shit. And the thing that happened is. Uh, 800 owed us money. Yep. They owed us a couple thousand dollars for appearance money. And you're trying to pay your rent, and Dave's trying to pay <laughs> a mortgage. And the guy who owned the station was shocked that we wanted the money. Yeah. He's like, what? I'm like, you owe like 2500 bucks," which, I mean, you need. Everybody needs it. And he goes, uh, well, you know, guys, here's the thing. We can do this one of two ways. I can pay you the money, but the show's over. Or you guys could keep doing your show and don't bug me about the money anymore. Remember that?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I walked right up.
1: And we're like, we need the fucking money. Yeah. And the guy was so pissed, he couldn't believe he was it. He shocked.
0: And then he says, "Are you are you quitting?" And I said, "We aren't quitting." He goes, "Okay, you're fired." I go, "Okay, we'll take the unemployment." Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Dumb shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but that was. Like, that was such a I remember we walked
0: by all the sales guys, like, what happened? We go, show's over. They were shocked. All the sales yeah. guys, what do you mean the show's over? It's ki- it's killing it.
1: Uh, And uh, Alan. Yeah. Alan Boince?
0: I can't remember. You might Kiki. be right.
1: Remember, we worked yeah. with his... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. three sales guys, there's promotions, the whole thing. That was the... The cr- show
0: was doing really, really well.
1: That Dude, that show was so fun because you didn't have to answer to any kind of guy's... Like Mike Shepherd's or Brian Long's of the world that yep. don't know shit about anything. You could just go do a radio show like you wanted to do. And it's it's honestly why the ten ninety thing for a while sounded appealing. Because I don't think we would have been as insane as we're I I mean, I didn't give a shit about anything. Um I don't think the 1090 show would have been as insane, but it kind of, when when Scott was describing it, that's what it sounded like to us was, dude, we may be able to have, I mean, it's the flexibility that we have here yeah. without the cussing, um, but we kind of thought that's what it could be, and we were pretty excited by that. But that 800 show, as, as disappointing as it was how it ended, uh, same thing with Free FM. As disappointing as Free FM was the way it ended, um, those, to me, stand out much more than anything at oh, Extra. Oh, yeah, it was the most fun. It was the most fun. At Extra, any of those times, um, or, or 1090. 1090 yeah. always felt like we had the left shoe on the right foot. It yeah, just, you're right. It never fit. It, it was never a fit, and Extra, especially the last time around, it just felt like, You were just counting days until we left. No, no,
0: it wasn't comfortable. You're right. The 800 show and the Free FM show, 103.7 show, were the ones where I felt like we connected with the audience the best. And the Free FM gave us an opportunity really to connect with a female demographic. Which yeah. was which was really cool, and there were a lot of good things on on those shows. It was, it's it's been a, it's been a, a really fun ride. It's it's <laughs> been really cool. The 20th anniversary show was awesome. I was just looking at the picture of that the other day, and right. how cool that was. And hopefully, when things get back to normal, we'll have another party down the road. Hopefully, maybe the 25 year one. But it was, uh, it, was it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. You mentioned uh, Scott real quick so I want to touch on this. You brought it up when you walked in the garage for a quick second. The rumor is Scott is doing two shows for two stations. Amazing! I have never heard of this before. In my life in the same basically market. You can hear the both stations in LA at the same time.
1: Yeah. Uh, now it sounds like I just saw a clip of what he was doing. It sounds like the podcast will be done earlier in the day, right? Yeah. He's going to do the podcast earlier in the day, and then it will just run on ten ninety from three to seven. He's not going to be live. No. And that'll give him the opportunity to um, do 710 from his house. Look, this is just me. And I understand the game has changed a lot. For me, I feel like you have to be in the city. You have to be in the city for it to work in that city. We had talked um, a couple years back, we had talked about. We were really close to doing a deal to go to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, CBS.
1: And the the problem was, anybody who's a lawyer knows this, state of California won't allow people in that have their license to practice law from anywhere else. So all the other states got mad at California, and they won't recognize the California law license. Yeah. So for us to go and take that show in Atlanta, my wife at the time would have had to go and retake the bar. And at that time she was really happy doing what she was doing and making great money and right? Our insurance, everything else. So as we were talking to Atlanta, you know, Jack and Kate were like 5 or 6 at the time. Um Atlanta said, "Hey, look man, do it." You know, do it a week here, do it a week there, or do three weeks in Atlanta, one week from San Diego, which ultimately just would have been too much to be away from my kids at that point. But Scott's going to do the L.A. show from here, and maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's an old-school way of thinking, and I, I easily could be wrong on this. But I feel like you have to be in the city to be able to connect with that city.
0: I think especially when you're in a big media market, you do. That's yeah. my feeling, too.
1: And I think for him...
0: He might realize that and say, i got to move to L.A.
1: I think for him, doing that show in L.A. Live every night from 7 to 10 would be an absolute blast.
0: Oh, yeah. Not only that, he has a lot of nights where he won't have to do his show. Yeah. I mean, they cover basically or carry a lot of live sports, so he would have the opportunity to just enjoy the games.
1: Now, does does he have a kid? I know he's got two kids in college. How old's the third one?
0: She's in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. in high school. Yeah, that and would be,
1: um, although everybody from home now, you could probably take, but but probably when that's over, then you go.
0: I would, I definitely would. I would take a chance to uh, to enjoy it. I mean, as you said, LA Live is right there. You just walk out the walk out of the building. You walk right across the street into the Laker games or the Kings games or whatever else you want to you want to get a chance to see and connect with. That's always what I thought was weird about Jim Rome. I never saw Jim Rome at a sporting event ever. Right. You know, and he going, for you and I, we felt like we were decent at what we did because we went to as many things as we could go to.
1: Well, I would tell Kaplan, and again, he. I mean, he got the gig. He doesn't need any help from me. People know him up there from 1090. 1090 shot into LA. It's not like he doesn't have some name recognition. But if you're doing that 7 to 10 show, from 5 to 6 every night, Dave, I would be right down... Directly downstairs or four to five, whatever the time may be, just m- meeting people. Yeah. Right? Like, just, dude, set up a table, run up a $100 bar tab, charge it to the station, and just fucking connecting with those people and uh, making, I mean, Scott in that kind of situation is so likable. You ever go out with him in social circles? Guy's great yeah you and i i guarantee you there's 50 fuck that no he is (laughs) (laughs) right people hate everything you say whenever you're cool about somebody but you and i've been out with him and we fucking laugh our ass off right yeah good guy great dude but that's what i would do i would be like man tonight i was down and that's who scott is yeah man i was downstairs tonight at at all right, next door at Shaq's restaurant, we're hanging out, and we're doing this and doing that. We're back out there Thursday, whatever. But but if he's doing this for family, then then God bless him for doing it. Because, yeah. yeah, you don't want your kids to move right then. But, hey, good for him, man.
0: I'd be so afraid to send the wrong station, uh, the wrong call letters.
1: I, If I'm 1090 right now, listen, let's call it what it is. 1090, you're the side hustle. Yeah, you are. He's not he's not putting a ring on your finger. He's not. No, you're absolutely right. You're the side action. He might take you to the drive-in, right? He might take you to the drive-in, but he ain't taking you home.
0: Wow, it is it is an interesting setup. It is really interesting how it goes. Did he when does he start? Did he, he, he I hate to say did, it, did start he start to, tonight?
1: No, no, 2 weeks from tonight. Okay. So, uh 17th. Okay. But there's nothing on at night. Yep. That's what's cool for me is I like driving around at night. My kids and I like driving around during different things. And uh, and that will be really fun. And listen, man, the other thing that I appreciate about that guy, I've said it to him off the year we've said it here. I have a great appreciation for guys that never stop grinding. And you have to, right? You got to pay bills. But what he tried to do for all those dudes at 1090 from the start, I know it didn't work out, but nobody else did that. And I looked at it from afar and go, dude, that's cool. Like I said, you, me, and Scott have a really good friendship, and I appreciate him a lot. I'm really genuinely excited for him, and I don't get excited for anybody. Yeah. But, but I, you and I know how much he's grinded. Fuck, he was down here that night talking on and off the air. Like, dude, I'm, I'm excited for him. But the 1090 thing, like, like, good for him.
0: Yeah, it's it's to me, it's just interesting. I've never heard of such a thing. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes, and, and good luck all the all the way through. I want to knock out these uh, the guys that helped make the show go, and, and at the same time, I will tell you a story of how Stephen Woods let me down. Okay, really disappointed by it. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what he did to us. Let us that know. son
0: of a bitch. I want to mention Dan Williams again. The sponsors make this show go, and it makes it easier for us to continue showing up, giving you guys uh, content. Dan Williams is the guy who wants to help you get out of debt. Again, he wants to help you get out of the rental market and get your own home. Dan's the guy you need to talk to. There's not one person that has called Dan that hasn't called us back and said, guys, you're absolutely right. It's one of the best calls I could have made financially, how many of you have it figured out? You might think you do, then you realize you're struggling a little bit. Things could be a little bit better. It is worth the phone call to Dan to see where you stand. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. That call is going to be free. Again, pick Dan's brain. Let him walk you through the process as far as making your life that much easier.
1: Tell you what, David, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for me trying to buy different things and Money, you feel like it's going left and right, the whole deal. But I I say it and I brag about it because it makes me incredibly proud. I will tell you the truth. There were times in my early 20s when I didn't give a shit about my credit and nothing was more embarrassing. I, I talked about it than getting married and going to buy a house with your wife and looking at a terrible credit score. And it hits you like a red light and it's just embarrassing because you realize it was nothing more than just your own laziness or not giving a shit. So slowly you start to dig yourself out. And I'll always be indebted to her because she had great credit. Let me ride coattails. We paid our bills on time. And today, this morning, signing in to pay bills. And every time I sign into my Capital One account, my credit card account, right there flashing is my credit score. And you look in in the morning, it goes, 8.05, excellent. And you go, fuck yeah. <laughs> you go Because, you know, it's hard work. And different things have been purchased, whether it was a computer, trying to get a bed, all these different things. But when you look at it, you realize that you have maintained the discipline to pay your bills on time. And it's being recognized in a credit score. And at some point, <clears throat> when I have to go buy a house, that 8.05 is going to help me get there. Yeah. And it's going to do a lot for me. You can get there as well. And it starts with that call to Dan. He's got the borrow smart, repay smart. Either one of those two could be emphasized in the title. But believe me, it played a huge part in helping me maybe not get there, but absolutely it's paid a huge part in helping me maintain that credit score I couldn't be more proud of. 858-688-6813.
0: Brian Curry is the guy you want to talk to when it comes to buying that brand new house. You pick the neighborhood. You pick the size house you want. He will make it very, very easy for you. He's been doing it more than 20 years. Again, Brian Curry knows San Diego County better than anyone else. Make sure you give Brian Curry a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. It's very easy. His number is 619-251-1588. What's going on in the market? Brian can tell you. 619-251-1588.
1: I have figured it out. And we talk about so many different cities where you go. We joke about IB. Or we joke about City Heights, other places. Man, if if all of us don't just go, you know where I'd love to end up? <laughs> like at the end where you could just do it is Coronado, right? My, yeah. my son, Kate, and I, Friday night, we're out walking around, uh, uh, hanging out. And I go, what do you feel like doing? I go, it's 8 o'clock. We got all night. We got nothing but cash. I got $11 in my wallet. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? He goes, you don't want to do that. He goes, uh, he goes, we go during the day. But he goes, I'd like to see Coronado at night. We go, yeah, let's go. And we went, spent about an hour just walking around the village, up and down to Orange. But then I said, hey, let's cruise back here. Like, let's just go see some of the different things. And you go, this is absolutely insane. How cool it is. Don't buy gas on the rock, but anything else. Uh, and maybe, for me, it's Coronado. But for you, it might be Encinitas. Maybe you want to live in East County like John Coniff, and grow up in Poway. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but wherever you want your kids to grow up, Brian Curry can help you get there. Like Dave said, give him a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you.
0: Taylor Made Pools, guess what Jeff mentioned earlier in the show how the trading market's been going through the roof. Guess what? Getting your own pool has been going through the roof. Alan Taylor's been extremely busy, but he'll take your phone call as well. More than 20 years building pools. Doesn't matter if it's a new pool. If it's one that you need to repair and just get it back to work in order, Alan Taylor can make the pool of your dreams happen at 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452.
1: Can you imagine how nice it would be over this weekend how many of us Dave I don't know what it was like down East Lake I was in La Mesa for a lot of the weekend I was over in Claremont for a lot of the weekend and it felt like every time you looked at the thermometer in your car it was 90s or above and it's that just that high heat and humid where you come out and you're like God dang what are we doing Wouldn't it be nice we go I'll tell you exactly what we're doing We're getting the fuck out of this car and we're going to the backyard, and we're going to hang out by a yes. tailor-made pool. There are plenty of people that had that option, and you can be the next one. I always say this, and I can't emphasize it enough. If you haven't done it already, go to DaveAndJeffShow.com, click on the sponsor page, and do the drop-down. You can see what Brian Curry's doing. You can see what Dan Williams is up to, and those are all fun. But I think even Dan and Brian would agree, the really fun one to look at is what Al Taylor is doing for the people of San Diego that have made that call. And why wouldn't you be next? Get that beautiful pool, have it up and ready. We'll do a live show when you get it built.
0: There we go. Kyle Fluker's is your guy for that perfect website. He's extremely busy. I talked to Kyle for about three hours today, going back and forth. Everything he has going on. You guys are taking advantage of Kyle's services. He is great at building that perfect website for you. Look, you can see what he's done for us: daveandjeffshow.com, jakesprojects.org, 619-500-500. 6621 619 500 6621
1: I'm going to file an official protest. I feel like I'm bullied online by Kyle and by Sean Walchef. <laughs> uh, I look for creative websites that can generate content and income and I I feel like I'm harassed and bullied online by those two guys, but I don't care, I'll persevere. <laughs> Walchef especially. Um but Sean don't take the, or, uh, uh Kyle don't take the bait. His anger in his heart, I don't know why. It's directed towards me. I don't need it. Um, The great thing is I love JP Media, but the thing that I love about JP Media with Dave and JP 25. Or JP 25. I don't think it's necessary for you guys to say the following things about Dave on there. And Steve Woods points every one of these out in an effort to keep Dave's spirits high.
0: I'm going to tell you, right, this is exactly where we're going, where Steve fucked me over. Go ahead.
1: There was one guy that said your power rankings. Why are you doing power rankings? Do something else.
0: I'm going to do it again because people are extremely pissed off.
1: I don't like that people accused you of being an Alex Jones salesman selling steroids or whatever. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? The one guy said you look like Alex Jones selling supplements in oh, front geez. of that picture. <laughs> and then the other guy said, "Look at it." it. He freeze framed you and he goes, "That's chronic masturbator face." <laughs> Steve, <laughs> How does he know? <laughs> that son of a
0: bitch.
1: It wasn't even Woods. Woods he's just finds this shit and sends it to oh us. Oh, my God. Because Steve, did you see what Steve did to no. Hannah tonight? No. Dude, I swear to God, that Bo Woods is the cutest kid on the planet. He goes, uh, he's got this video with Bo. And he goes, hey, you want some cereal? And Bo goes, yeah. And he goes, you can't have any, can you? And Bo goes, no. And Steve goes, how come? And Bo goes, because mama ate it all. <laughs> <laughs> he Does he goes, call her mama? Yeah, he That's goes. That's a southern
0: thing. That's so funny.
1: Yeah. And uh, Steve goes, man, you'd like to have some, but we can't, huh? He goes, no, mom ate it all, <laughs> mama ate it all. Or mama ate it all. It's so, dude, you got to watch this video. Okay, I'll see it. Tabitha Lipkin wrote, how Steve Woods is not dead in the crowd. <laughs> well, that kid, Bo, is fantastic. But yeah, we got to get Woods. All of a sudden now, he's uh, he's Chuck Barris, TV producer. He hates your Kobe yeah, picture. I, I got a whole crooked. new
0: background that will be up next time we do one, so it'll uh-huh. be
1: okay. He said it's crooked.
0: It's not crooked, you dumb fuck. <laughs>
1: Shut the said. fuck
0: up. Well, hold your phone's crooked. Fuck that, off. That's what he said. You're right here looking at it. Does it look crooked to you? 100 percent measure that shit out. Fuck off.
1: That's your buddy. And that. Hang on. Let me tell yeah, you the fucking I'm Woods. Rip say. the shit
0: out of this guy. Go ahead.
1: All right, so this fucking guy. The other day, Dave and I, August first. It's a great day for us, remembering the party from yeah. two years ago and seeing all the face. I mean, Jake was there, Erica was yeah. there. Like, there's, I was the there's same a thing. lot of uh, a lot of crazy. Katie Mosier there, right? Yeah. Like, so many different things that happened. Not only having all the the great people. Uh, that showed up and were a part of that whole deal, but also realizing there's a few people in that picture that aren't here today. And so you and I are like, hey, man, it's August 1st. We're celebrating it. This fucking Woods goes, hey, set up a Google Voice account so people can leave voicemails. I'm like, what? He goes, dude, it'll be great. Set it up and put the phone number out so people can leave uh, voicemails, and you know I should have done. I should have written it down. I could have given it to you on the show tonight. I mean, I'll leave the line open. It's on my Twitter if you want to find it. The funny thing is, the last it's six one nine blank 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 nineteen eighty five. I don't know what. Okay. And because we're talking about Vision Quest, and it seems yeah. like that movie's ninety years fucking <laughs> old. So what? Godfather what? came out in what exactly. year? Rocky came 72. out in what year? Yeah, fuck off. They're all great movies, so we found this 1985, so I go, all right. Well, I'll, I don't defer to Steve on too many things, but I go, yeah, okay, it's kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Dave, guess how many voicemails we've gotten in three days? <laughs> One from him. <laughs> I don't think he did a good job promoting it. Fuck. All right, well, we do have a, uh, I, sh- I didn't bring my phone in with me.
0: And I, Yeah, go ahead. We, we're supposed to play the game, too, of getting paid for uh, cameo. And I had the perfect oh, guy. Oh, shit.
1: That's I had the right. perfect
0: guy. And Jeff, I, I fucking backed out. After Who was I, it? It was Chris Hansen.
1: Shut the <laughs> fuck up. From Dateline?
0: <laughs> yeah, from Dateline. And I was like, it was so creepy and wrong that I said, I'm not doing this. I was like, I had Chris Hansen like for 45 bucks. Oh. Just say, come shit. on in. So you brought yourself a pizza. <laughs> That would have won. And I said, I know, I thought I won too. And then I was like, dude, well, how can I fucking put a pedophile guy on? I can't dude, do that. that would have been was, great. It, it was all going to mention your whole name. It was, it was awful. That would have been I, great. It, it
1: creeped that me out. Won. It creeped I'm me glad. out. i glad. I appreciate that Sometimes I do have a job <laughs> <laughs> that pays my bills. Yeah, I looked at it, Dave, and we had talked about it, but it's yeah. it's typical of 90% of the shit we do on this show. We just blurt things out. <laughs> Don't follow through. Well, I thought there'd be a bunch of guys for like 10 or 15 bucks. There's really not. No. Like Everybody was like 60 or 80 bucks. And even and
0: Brett Boone's like 100. Fuck.
1: Fuck. Aaron's not paying that. <laughs> what would Sue to fuck you over? Okay,
0: so Jeff mentioned the JP25 media. So the whole idea is we're just going to supply content. And it's not going to always be me or it's not going to be just my, or my kid Josh. It's going to be different people, different shows that we're putting on this platform okay and so if you're interested in doing a show and it, if it's entertaining and it, people are going to watch it we're interested in talking to anyone we're talking where there are about five shows that we have mixed in right now but not all of them are are me the jp25 is obviously for jake yeah if you look at the logo the, tw- the stars are 25 stars it's all jake So we have this process through. There is one show that I've been working on for about seven years trying to get going, and it was Brett Boone. Since 2013, I've been pretty good friends with Brett. Right. And Brett's come on the show before, but Jeff and I, we we talk as friends more than we talk tons of sports. I'm not going to bring Brett on every single week on the show. Well, Brett's interested in getting more into media, and he's talking to different affiliates about doing TV, and he's really worked on his delivery. So... Brett and I have talked about, hey, he wants to do a show. Wouldn't be the Dave and Brett show. Wouldn't be that. And the only show it's the the Dave and Jeff show is the show that I do. And so it would be Boone on baseball. And I'd kind yeah. of hold, hold his hand, walk him through the process. And it would be about a 25 minutes of what happened that week in baseball, something Brett saw, talking about Joe Kelly, whatever. Then Brett would bring on Ken Griffey Jr., one of his close friends, nice. and do an interview. And then he would market it off, kind of the way you did with Sean. <clears throat> you kind of helped Sean get yeah. started. So Brett and I have talked really serious about this for about the last three years. Finally, he's ready to go get it. So I talked to Brett on Friday. I said, are you ready to to start this? Baseball season's now going. And he goes, I was ready to go, but Woodsy called me last night, he says. And I go, really? Woodsy, the guy who I gave your number to, gave your number to him so he can get you on the show on 97.3 as a regular guest because I'm a good guy? Yeah, the guy who I gave you Glenn Geffner's number, the guy I said on this show, you're one of my right. top 10 fucking favorite people on the planet. And he fucking stabbed me in the back because Woodsy tells Brett, you don't need Dave. Do it by yourself. Fuck off. Tell him fuck off. And Woods. And so Brett's like, I think I'm going to take Woods advice. I think I'm going to do it with uh, some guy that works for my agent. Ugh. And he's going to he's going to basically do the show with me. And I went Woods fucking told you that.
1: That fucking guy. And
0: he goes, yeah, he told me that last night. I go, no wonder Darren fucking hates him. I tell you what, Darren's 100% right. I'm Team Darren. Fuck you. Don't ever call Jed Hoyer again, you piece of shit. Don't ever call Major whatever the fuck again. Fuck off. Completely fucked me. Seven years, dude. I've been working on this, you asshole. But hey, out of nowhere, I'm going to call Brett while I'm watching the Yankee game and act like I'm a Padre fan and say, fuck Dave. Okay, thanks. What the fuck happened here?
1: Jesus. I'm fucking mystified. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too. I tell you what. Can you believe
0: that shit? Yeah. You don't need Dave. What the fuck? Even if he felt that way, why would he tell him that? Jesus.
1: That's what he said.
0: That's what. That's what Brett said. Do him right under the bus.
1: Boy, boy. I tell you what, Dave.
0: Yeah. Disappointed. Top ten guy. Two weeks ago, not anymore.
1: You know who you feel like? No.
0: I watch. I'm listening to Judd and Costa from now on. Fuck it. Oh, that's a it. great I'll be the show.
1: But I'm listening. I'm supporting that shit. Goddamn. And he does it right after the yeah. anniversary of the show. Yeah. And then he's got the balls I, to leave does. that voicemail.
0: I'm Team Paul. That's it.
1: Well, I, I, You know, you ever watch Bear Grylls? <laughs> no, no. You know Bear Grylls when he's out there and he's fucking in, out yeah, in nature? Yeah, I know what you're talking
0: about. Yes, yes.
1: Well, you ever see him when he encounters a snake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's encountered a snake quite as <laughs> slimy and slithery as that. What's he going to do? Is there going to be a public apology? Jeez.
0: I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. I don't know if we can mend this relationship now. Well. Jesus. <laughs> this fucking guy. God. Fuck Dave. You don't need him. Talk to Griffey and Pete Rose by yourself. That's what he told him.
1: I, I, goes,
0: I think I'm going to take Woods' advice. That's what Brett tells me on Friday.
1: Well, it's a first time for everything, isn't there? That son of a bitch.
0: I go, why would you listen to that asshole? His wife doesn't listen to him. Jesus. And then I just hung up the phone. I said, can you believe this shit? There we go. We're watching uh, a Horrible Injury right now on TV. You want to see it? No. Damn. When they replay it, you got to see his, his right sock. You could see it go shoot right up into his calf. Uh,
1: well, I tell you what, I usually look for the good in people. <laughs> you do. See it? Oh! <laughs> well, yeah. I, I try to look for the good in people. Uh, yeah, there goes your fucking source of income. Yeah, thanks. Good. Right. Ha- hired that other guy from Seattle. Yeah, thanks. No, that's really great. That's, <laughs> that's really fucking great. That's great. It's all right. I'll tell you what, I'm going to listen to that gambling show. I don't want to <laughs> punish Ben. He's a friend. But Ben got caught in the crossfire. <laughs> well,. <laughs> we'll, uh, it's the biggest mistake of your life. Thank and Fuck that guy. Listen, more <laughs> importantly, thank you to everybody who's... Well, subs- I'm not done with the show. I got more. Oh, well, hang on. No, okay. to the, yeah, I forgot we got the rest. I'm so <laughs> staggered by this. I'm so
0: staggered by this
1: horrific news. Terrible. Vince McMahon thinks that's bullshit. Dude, I'm telling you. Uh, all right, let's do that, and then I'll say Vince what I Vince McMahon thinks it's bullshit.
0: All right, we're going birthdays from August 1st because that's the anniversary yeah. of this show. Love it. Jason Momoa. Do you know who he is? Uh, Game of Thrones guy, Aquaman?
1: Yeah, Aquaman. God. Uh, hmm. 46. 41. 41. How much is he worth? 20 million. 14. Okay.
0: Okay, Adam Jones, baseball player, Morris High School.
1: Love that dude.
0: Yeah, good guy.
1: Uh, 37.
0: Close, 35.
1: Thirty-five. How much is he worth? Ninety million.
0: Fifty million dollars. All right. Madison Bumgarner.
1: God damn. Um, t- 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 I should know this. Thirty-four. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Is Chips? that it? Thirty-one. Um, how much is he worth? God, he's had to have made some money from the yes. Giants. I'm gonna say, hundred million. One
0: hundred and thirty million dollars. Wow. And last one, Coolio. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Gangs, it's paradise.
1: Uh, Coolio's going to be 51.
0: 57. How much is he worth? This is the good part.
1: $8 million.
0: $100,000. No way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> No way.
0: Call Dan <laughs> Williams, asshole.
1: God, shit. <laughs> All
0: right, this is Stay or Goes. This is famous people we've had on the show over the last 22 oh, love years. love this. Love this. All right, okay. we, we got got seven, seven different choices here, okay? Okay. Pete Rose or Duke Snyder? God. Damn! I know some of these, you're going to re- go, we have them on. <laughs> I know you knew we had Pete because we talked about it all the time. Do you remember we had Duke Snyder on? Yeah, I remember yeah.
1: getting his – he was yeah. he was great. Yes. Um, I swear yeah. that Sean was at the Pete Rose he Show. He was. We Sean talked, was at the Pete Rose Show. Uh, that Pete Rose Show was one of my favorite nights. I'm going to take uh, Pete Rose. Okay. Duke Snyder was incredibly nice. Duke was extremely nice. Lippin' Fallbrook.
0: Fallbrook. He did. Tony Gwynn, Jr. Sayo.
1: Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Tough one. Boy, boy. Those two, well, both guys, so incredibly special. I mean, watching those playoff games with Junior, the Monday night football shows at the restaurant, when, when Junior would have, like, I don't know, he'd have a few drinks. Yes. And then he'd come up buddy and you're like oh god damn dave tonight's the night we lose the yeah. fcc license ah <laughs> oh, fuck i love that dude man the uh the other thing about junior that stands out is just the memory of the day he passed yeah and just how incredibly sad that was uh love that dude but but tony was was our
0: first guest of every new show we have
1: first guest of every new sh- new show on my resume the whole thing yeah Senior, I mean, I love Junior, but Senior's the man.
0: Cal Ripken Jr. or Ken Griffey Jr.
1: Wow.
0: Do you remember we had Cal Ripken on?
1: I feel like we had Cal on at Free FM.
0: We had him on, you know, we had Joe Montana on at Free FM, but we had Cal Ripken Jr. on was on at Extra the first time. But I remember thinking, fuck, we have Cal Ripken Jr. on. Like, that was one of those that stood out. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll I'll be honest having Ken Griffey Jr on at the Super Bowl was
0: huge. He was the biggest star there.
1: Was huge. We should not have put mud on the show because Mud played Chris Farley. Do you remember yeah, this? Do you yeah, remember this? Yeah. We thought it'd be fun. That was a disaster. <laughs> but um but that but there there was just a presence. Like Cal Ripken, pretty awesome. Yeah. But Ken Griffey Jr was Right I mean, here. it was the
0: Super Bowl Fifty, and Ken Griffey Jr. was the big guy in the whole room. That was crazy. And,
1: and I feel like was that his Hall of Fame year? Yes, that's why he was, why just was getting there. ready to go in, right? Yeah, that's why he was there, dude. There's just uh, there's certain guys that just have a presence yeah. about them, and yeah, like
0: that was cool as shit. I think uh, it was our last guest of the week too.
1: Yeah, having having Cal would have been God. I don't even remember having Cal on, but uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah.
0: Philip Rivers, Rodney Harrison.
1: Oh, dude, um, I love Philip Rivers. Rodney Harrison is in my top three of all time. He he just for me. Yeah. On a uh, on a personal level, at that point, and it's funny, man. Like we had him on when he was with NBC. We had not talked to him in a long time. And he came right back on, and he was the same guy that he was in the KFMB days. Like he remembered everything, which a lot of these things, you you and I are the same guy. We're like, nobody remembers doing this fucking stupid show. (laughs) He, um, he's top three for me all time. I agree.
0: Rodney's my favorite Charger. He was great.
1: Yeah, him and uh, yeah, for me, my my three favorite Chargers would be Rodney, Junior. And Weddle.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I should have remembered Weddle. Completely forgot about Weddle. But Rodney Harrison was 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 great, though. He used to do promos for us and everything. Vin Scully, Jerry Coleman.
1: Um, Jerry is insanely cool and sharing a birthday and just insanely cool. But to have the opportunity to talk to Vin, and I told that story a couple of weeks ago that I actually got him to do a thing about fathers and sons yeah. and baseball, and the fucking thing didn't record. I'd play that every night if we had it. Having Vin on the show and having him be ex- – I mean, Vin exceeded all expectations, which is insane when you think about that. He is just genuinely a better person than you even think he is. He's so right. great. And, but Jerry does, too.
0: Yeah. We saw Jerry every day.
1: Yeah. You know? I, but – like Jerry's special but but Vin Vin's the man.
0: All right, we got two more to go. Okay. Lisa Ann Nicole Eggert.
1: Oh god. Uh Lisa Ann is just and you go, "Well, yeah. I've seen her." <laughs> I mean, I listen, the thing that bothers me too is all these people that send me these Photoshop pictures of her naked that they think they found on the web. She's a radio host, okay? <laughs> People are like, best stepmom. I don't think she has any stepkids. I haven't seen that. People always talk about, boy, she's so good to the guys who do work for her. I, I don't know where you... I mean, you guys have some pretty vivid imaginations. I'll say that.
0: She wasn't even good at selling real estate. That's why Brian Curry's our guy.
1: <laughs> right. Goddamn, damn, her dishwasher breaks all the time. <laughs> uh, I love Nicole Eggert is... Both of these two do the thing that makes me laugh every time, which Nicole will do this, which is awesome. Anytime I cheap shot Dave on Instagram... Yeah, it hurts. She loves it. <laughs> yeah, it hurts every time. <laughs> she loves it. But... Like, I, I actually talked to Lisa. Yeah. I know you have. Yeah. She was part of the charity event. Um. They're both great. Like, it's really funny. Like, a friend of mine sent me uh, a text a couple of weeks ago because Nicole was on Botched. Yeah. And she's like, man, this, she just seems like the coolest person. But I think she's only been on the show twice. Um, she was on the radio yeah. show. And then he That's was right. right.
0: That's right. Yeah. she's um, She's been great. They've both been great. I mean, I, yeah. I love the fact they're still kind of part of the show because they're still active on whatever we post.
1: But Lisa promoted when my trunk got, yeah. when my car got stolen or broken show. into, which I thought was hysterical. So she gets the win.
0: All right. Last one. These are our first two guests Ryan Leaf, Kelvin Gilbride.
1: Um, Gilbride.
0: Gilbride. And when we, when we met Kevin Gilbride as head coach of the Tartars, he was kind of a dick. When we met him at the Super Bowl, he was have you cool been up as to? shit. He was great. Yeah. What have you been up to? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. He was the offensive coordinator for the Giants. And Dave and I went out to uh, University of Phoenix yeah. Stadium. And he was sitting up there in the stands. And Dave's right. He, I mean, he was fine with us on that show. And then the rest of the time, like, he was always just a dick. Yeah. And uh, we went up. We saw him. We introduced ourselves. There weren't a lot of people around. No. And we just said, hey, we're up from San Diego. And, you know, at that time, it's 2007?
0: I think it was seven season, 08 was the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So at yeah. that time, the show had been around for 10 years, yeah. which is funny. And we said to him, we're like, man, you were the first guest we ever had on. And he genuinely was just a very nice guy. Yeah. Like, he was. cool. And, and, yeah, I'll. I'll take Gilbride. I'll also say this. We were always quick to point out that we thought Ryan Leaf was a fake and a fraud. Exactly. When others in this town immediately jumped on the bandwagon and were like, didn't have any idea what the history was. You see it a lot, right? Nobody knows. Nobody, for the people that weren't here... Um in 94 95 to talk about the chargers that always amuses me too like there's some kind of fucking expert but i'll say this man i i never you and i have been through bad days and i hope those people that are so quick to tell everybody how great he is i'd be fascinated to know if you're reaching out to him and checking in on him and making sure that he's okay or if you've done what most people do when when people struggle and get their name in the paper for the wrong thing, you walk away. Yep. I would say if you've known that guy and you've been a fan of him, and maybe you are, I don't know. Um, I haven't had, I haven't had a conversation with that guy since he left town, but I would hope for all those people that celebrated him when it was easy to do it. I hope you're checking in on him now. And uh, like we circle back when Sean was having his deal, just checking on your friends and whether they're famous or not, if people are having bad days, Uh, Do it. There's two quick things I want to mention, Dave, and then we're done. Um, Thank you to everybody who subscribes to this show on Patreon because it means a lot for us. It's only five bucks a month, but it does add up and we appreciate it. And for all the people that sent different things like CJ and others, your memories of the show over the years, that was incredibly fun for me on Saturday just to look at because Dave and I have said it. Outside of that Gilbride show, often we just sit in the room with just you and me fucking around. Yeah. And you don't picture anybody listening to this thing. Uh, one other thing, I'm, I'm just going to mention this real quick, is in my day job, uh, there's a guy who means a lot to me. His name is Chris Carlin. Chris Carlin has been the face of Upper Deck for 20 plus years. He is genuinely one of the best people I've ever met in my life. He keeps me sane every day, keeps me laughing every day. Uh, this is why Carlin is a legend. His Twitter handle is at Pete in That's his Twitter <laughs> handle. And uh, we sit in the office together, and he's got signed pictures from Pete in Caviglia all around. But when I go on these trips and we go to Toronto or Chicago, often it's me and Carlin that are there, and we're getting in trouble together. And uh, on Saturday... I'm just kind of flipping through social media, and I find this video of Chris. Like, what's he doing? And he's in his car, and he had just left a visit with his brother, John. Chris mentioned the fact that he's one of four boys. Uh, His brother, John, was a um, producer for a bunch of uh, Roy Firestone up close. Yeah. uh, Best Damn Sports Show. And for, like, the last 20 years, John's been a talent booker, Dave, for the Jimmy Kimmel Show. And has been responsible for getting all the sports guests that you see, um, all the different guys. John Carlin's been a huge part of that. John right now is battling ALS. Oh, shit. And uh, Chris mentioned in this video that a couple years back, he had been incredibly moved by the documentary on Steve Gleason and watching that story. And then he found out, it may have been a week later, that his brother John and they're incredibly close. Uh, has been impacted by ALS, and John is fighting this battle right now. Um, you can go to Chris's Twitter, at Pete and and there's a link up for a GoFundMe page, because as you can imagine, uh, their parents are still alive, and they're, they're an older couple, and they're trying to take care of their son, but they need help, and we try not to ask for help too much, But, man, when I see somebody who means so much to me and has meant so much to me, I've said it. What what that company has done for me, whether I'm there for another day or another year or 50 years, I'll never forget it. What Jason Mashra and Chris Carlin and everybody else who walks through the door have done for me at that company, I can never repay just from numerous times putting me back together when I needed it. And when a guy who means so much to me personally is emotionally wrecked because what's going on with his brother, uh, it impacted me a lot. And so if anybody – I'm going to get the link from Chris. I chatted with him today, and David impacted me as a parent. I have a brother. It's
0: the worst disease of all time.
1: It is. My friend Jimmy Orlando, um, who was the bartender at Yogi's, it's who Keith named Jimmy O's about in Del Mar. Jimmy Orlando passed away incredibly young. From ALS, we talked about Steve Gleason. So many people know it, but on behalf of my friend Chris Carlin, who doesn't know I'm doing this tonight, um, we're going to put a link out. And again, if you can do five bucks or ten bucks, uh, the Carlin family is incredibly cool, and they they could use a little help right now. We'll put that link up, and if anybody can help out, there's a GoFundMe, or you can just say, I mean, all the Kimmel people. You look at that's cool on the GoFundMe. Cleto and all the others are part of it because he's a beloved member of that staff. Uh, you can just type in John Carlin, GoFundMe, and it'll it'll show up. But if you guys, I know times are tough and different people are working, I, I get it. But boy, five, 10 bucks goes a long way. If you have it in your heart, you can help me. I uh, help somebody who's been really special to me, we'd uh, appreciate that very much. But David, it's been great, man. Thank yeah. you for a very fun 22 years. That's the thing. We're coming with my best friend every night. We laugh our fucking ass off every night, and uh, it's the best. I'm it's so- been
0: it's been a lot of fun, and I'll, I'll say this real quick, is the conversations we have on this show, the conversations that we've uh, had on the shows that we've had the most fun with, basically are our phone conversations. The same yeah. things, these are the, the regular conversations of friends, and so the fact that you guys find it entertaining and support us, can't thank you enough.
1: Well, and, and two other ones, too. When you talk about shows that mean something, I think the show that happened after Jake passed away was insane. But I also think the shows that you guys let us do when I moved out of the house, when Erica passed away, when Jake passed away, um, when shit went really dark, you've always let us do those shows. You've never judged us. You've always been there to support us. And if you think Dave takes that for granted or I did, man— it's insane it's the nicest most supportive audience of any radio show i challenge steven ben i challenge scott or any darren anybody else to find a show that's been more loyal than this group that stayed with us through 19 different stations crazy shit and support this podcast we couldn't be more excited or more loyal to you guys we thank you and we'll do it again on wednesday night
0: absolutely thank you